Hey everyone, this is John Puritz. Welcome to the Man Up Already podcast. This show is dedicated to each of us being better in all areas of our lives, mentally, spiritually, physically, and relationally. We want to help you be a better you because when you man up already, the world around you is greatly impacted. Here on the podcast, we don't believe you're an accident. We believe each of us is created for purpose and this show is dedicated to helping you discover and live out that purpose. Again, welcome to the show and let's check out another great episode. All right, everyone. Hey, welcome to another great episode of the Man Up Already podcast. And as always, super, super excited to have you here. Man, I just love, 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 love what we've got going on here and the amazing guests that have just shown up. I mean, think about who we've had on this show, the content that they bring. Um, it's really, really amazing. And and this episode is no different. We've got an incredible guest uh, lined up today, and I'm super pumped to have him because um, I was handed his book um, not that long ago, and and I actually did a ride along. If you follow me on Facebook, and and if you're not on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, just find John Puritz, and on Instagram it's Jay Puritz. I post something called the ride along, and I spoke about something that's going to be the topic of our conversation today with this great guest. Um, but before I do, you know, head on over to manupalready.com. Time is running out to sign up for the Man Up Already uh, growth conference that's happening February 24th in Port St. Lucie, Florida. It's limited to 50 men. Spots are filling up rapidly. So make sure that you get into that community that day. It is going to be awesome. The The lineup of speakers is stellar. It, it really is going to be phenomenal. So uh, head on over there and check that out and get signed up for that. So our guest today uh, is the author of the book, Are You Who You Want to Be? He's a business and leadership coach. He's an author. He's a speaker. And he for sure is a disciple maker. I am super, super pumped to have a conversation with him today. Please welcome to the Man Up Already podcast, Damian Girk. Damian, good to have you, buddy. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm super pumped. I have been waiting for this conversation, we, we, you know, because we met a couple of weeks ago for, right. for a long time. So it's an honor to, to have you um, on the show. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Yeah. You know, we were literally right before we hit go. Um, <laughs> you're leaving for Kenya today, tomorrow? When? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and you started talking about why, and I was like, put a pause in it. Let's just pick that up right when we hit record. So back up a little bit. The Disciple ma Movement Maker. Do I have that right? Disciple Making Movement. Disciple Making Movement. So um, talk about that, man. That's exciting. So um, it's a book that I, it's about, well, a look, a book, well, I'll start over. A book <laughs> that I published back in 2021 uh, is, is all about this. It's, it, it's written to help explain to uh, what I what I call legacy church or churches we know it in in the West in North America. Um, it's it's helped to describe it helps to describe a disciple making movement approach to ministry to people uh, who have really the only expression of church they've ever known is the what you know the church in the West, and in the last thirty years or so. Uh, it's been the fastest growing expression of the church. It started in um, Southeast Asia, in China, Indonesia, India, in particular, Africa, 
sub-Saharan Africa, um, and is there? It's growing on every continent in the world, maybe Antarctica, with the exception. I don't know actually, <laughs> but um, it's happening in persecuted uh, countries, places, societies where um, you you know get imprisoned or or worse for being a follower of Jesus. Um, some some of the this expression of the church is the fastest growing church uh, in the world. The, the growth rates are are incredibly fast, and it's it's very decentralized. It really looks like the Book of Acts, mm. and it's a lot of it is just underground. Like most people haven't haven't heard of it. It's just they're just unaware. But millions, tens of hundreds of millions of people have come to faith through this approach over the last. Um, 20 years or so. It's so funny because I never intended to have this conversation with you, but it's so relevant because I'd be curious to get your take on the modern American church. And are we moving? Are more people desiring to move to church at what you're talking about? Than yeah. What, I, what's been happening post, you know, certainly yeah, up to COVID and now post COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Um, COVID, I think, had a big part to do with it, but it was the signs were there for probably the last 10 years, even before COVID. Um, and it's it's complex, right? You can't just make a simple, you know, over oversimplified statement about it. But I think I think the the structure and the approach that we have understood that we, the, the, the expression of church that we inherited from, you know, Western Europe back from the reformation days. Um, I, I just think has run its course in terms of effectiveness in our society. And, um, I, I think people are hungering for, um, not just a deeper experience, you know, like that. It's just the realization of, you know, I've I've been a part of this expression of church and am faithful to it. And this is not criticism of of the church, right? I'm not I'm not you know casting dispersion in any way. It's just I think for our time we're realizing we this method is not producing disciples that make disciples that make disciples that make disciples, uh, and that's the key. And if we don't get to that multiplicative um, approach where one disciple becomes two, becomes four, becomes eight, becomes 16. Frankly, we, we can't even keep up with population growth. So how can we possibly hope to accomplish the Great Commission in our time if the population of the world is growing faster than the population, you know, of the church? So I think you know, it's really key. And people, people are recognizing that, I think. Agreed. And, and then there are things... Um, I'm looking at something that my my wife had shared with me. And I again, you know, I gotta do research, but the the headline was federal agencies flag American financial transactions using um terms like MAGA, but they were, you know, and I'm not just going in that political direction, but when you right. when you're targeting or tracking Bible sales which is what this was doing when you're throwing believers into a conservative Christian, they're, they're domestic terrorists. When, when we start to hear yeah. things like that, things that yeah. when, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you'd be like, that's not going to happen, you know? Right. And, and yet it is. Um, 
yeah. you know, you, you're going to start seeing more people isolate or not isolating, but doing it grassroots the way what you're talking about. Yeah. And frankly, you know, there, there's an old phrase, of, I think, I can't remember which patriarch said it, but, the, you know, the the blood of the mar uh, blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church that's something to that effect i'm blanking out on it right now it's persecution and, and challenge like that social difficulties like that have a way of of really helping believers focus on what's really important and and what's not and and make decisions of commitment that they wouldn't otherwise make right um, that we you know by god's grace for you know, the history in our country, we've had the privilege of choice, you know, of faith, the convenience of faith and the acceptance, you know, of being a being a Christian, being labeled a Christian. And that could very easily go away. And but that's, you know, really in the grand scheme of things, that's OK. Like it's <laughs> we we still are a lot better off than a lot of places. Right. In, right, right, right. On the earth right, right now. So I, I, it's nothing to be afraid of that you're just going across the world to on that mission. I, I think it's, it's just amazing. Truly. Hmm. So you wrote this book. Are, are yeah. you, you want to be and you freaking challenged me, man. I mean, it was like one of those, right. Wait a minute. I have never thought of it that way. And that's, that's how we connected. So how did the book happen? Like where, and I'm reading, I'm almost finished with it. I think it's awesome. Okay. And I recommend people get it. You know, there's so many cool. things that I've highlighted in there. Hmm. Um, but that one um, that we're going to talk about, you know, <laughs> which we'll get to in a minute, but talk about your book. Like wh what, you know, give us the history of it. Wh where is it at yeah. right now, et cetera. So it's, it's really, um, it's, it's a long journey for me, frankly. It's, it's, um, uh, it came out of my, I, what I call my identity journey. Um, so I was, a when I graduated college was an engin engineer, didn't know the Lord at the time was an engineer in the aerospace industry, working on a secret you know, program, all that, like really heady stuff. Um, came to know the Lord, met my wife. We, we ended up getting married, going to seminary and was a vocational pastor for 15 years. And toward the end of that time, I just, I sensed the Lord, uh, you know, it's like, okay, I, this is my second career. <laughs> and like, I should be all grown up by now. Um, and it, it, it wasn't a midlife crisis. It, you know, I, I think in the traditional sense, but it was really a sense of, I just don't know who I am. Like I, mm. if people ask me, I, I could tell them my title, but that, that just doesn't do it for me. Like it's not, it's not sufficient. I just, I had a, an awareness of there was a longing for not just more, like, like I need more consume things to consume or need a better car or something like that. It was like, I, I need to be in my core. I need to know who I am. And I just don't know who I am. I was a, we had kids by that time, you know, like, um, well down the road and, and just realizing this, this wasn't it. And then sort of as, as I transitioned more toward the DMM approach at that time, which n not very many people in America were doing. So like it was off the edge of the map, you know, <laughs> I was talking to people about, making disciples and they were like, dude, you need, you need to get back into ministry. And I like, I never left ministry. Right. Um, but, but there was a real sense of, I had tied my identity to being a pastor and a former engineer. Like I was, I, that's how I would refer to myself. 
and it just wasn't it, it wasn't sufficient and so the lord just really took me on this journey and um the title of the book i i don't think i've actually given them credit so i don't know if this is i don't know if i should say this now because i you know have to pay them or something but <laughs> but um you remember the band switchfoot sure so you know they have a song and the, the chorus of the song is this is your life oh i love that are you, song are you who are you, you want to be? be yeah is it everything you dreamed it would be when the world was younger and you had everything to lose and i just that song actually you know obviously it impacted the name of the book but but it um among other things it really gave voice to this sense of wow there is there is a a place I can go here. There is a deeper thing that I need to search for. And this frustration that I'm having in life is, is really sort of breadcrumbs to follow. And, and, and that's kind of the nature of faith anyway. Like God gives us clues to follow and to search, you know, we find them when we search them, we search for them a lot of times. Um, and so we find truth when we, when we're hungry for it. Right. God shows up when we're, when we're needy for him, when we're asking for him. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's, that's what really started me on this whole journey and, and was the impetus for the book. Well, the thing that, um, and the book is out, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Published in July. Gotcha. The thing that stood out for me was the idea, you know, I wrote in my book, um, most people operate from the space of have, do, be, right? I've got to have this, hmm. right? Then I can do this, and then I can be this. Right. And early on in, in my my entrepreneurial journey, I learned, no, it's you've got to be this, and then you do what that person does, and then you'll have what that person has. And I understood that from an physical earthly realm of in the context of my life right it's yeah. not something that i need to have i need to i need to be if i if i'm you know uh, as an example i used to be 10 minutes late to everything <laughs> and then i was i'm going to be a man on time yeah um and i became that person right so i people you know always know i'm going to show up so my integrity grew and all this other stuff because i i just refused to be late but what stopped me in my tracks was looking at it from a God perspective, instead of God, what do you want me to do? You pose the question, God, who do you, who have you created me to be? That's correct, And I don't yeah. think I've ever asked that question. It just was, a, it literally stopped me to go, wow, from a spiritual perspective, that's a heck of a question. Yeah, it is. It is. So, yeah. So where did, you know, where did that come from? besides God, but yeah, God is the simple answer. But, um, I just, you know, by back to my journey, by that time I had not that I was this, you know, all that in a bag of chips, but, but I, I had done a lot of stuff, you know? Um, and I had, I had really get like, we sacrificed a lot to go to seminary and, and just being in ministry is pretty challenging, you know? And, um, like it was sort of, I don't, I don't know what else I can do. I mean, I'm sure there is other things that I can do. Um, but I, I just don't know what else I can do to, to become the person that, you know, God wants me to be. 
And then I was actually, um, it was in the context of ministry. Somebody was, I was talking with somebody and, and, you know, they, this is something I just kept hearing over and over again, where, where well-meaning people, well-meaning followers of Jesus who had dedicated, you know, all that. And they just like, if God would just tell me what he wants me to do, then I'll be happy. You know, then I'll be, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I'll just, I just want him to tell me what to do. And it's sort of, I, I heard myself saying the same thing. And then I, it, it kind of dawned on me. Well, I don't think re God really wants us to do anything for him. It's not like we're earning brownie points or, you know, earning, I, I get, I get the, you know, extra crowns in heaven and all that, but like, it's, it's not this, you know, the scene from the Holy Grail where, you know, God calls out and they're, I'm averting my eyes, oh Lord, you know, that one, like, just give me something to do. And it, that sort of comically kind of came to my mind. And, and I thought, golly, that's, that's it. It's, it's not about what I can do for God. It's about, am I in a place where I can truly die to myself and give up what I want? To myself to be my version of who I think I should be and totally put that on the altar, you know, totally put that at the foot of the cross and accept the life that he has for me. And so all these passages start, you know, that I preached on and talked to people about and recited and all that my whole Christian life, they all start coming back. Like whoever wants to save his life, you're going to lose it, man. Right. But if you lose your life for my sake, mm, then you'll find it. Like you have to, whoever wants to follow me, I said, take up his cross, follow me. You have to be willing to, to die. Put that thing on the, you know, put that thing to death and, and let God, God inform you. And like, then, then you read a passage like Romans eight, where it says for all those God for, I'm going to paraphrase this, but. All is God foreknew, predestined to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Ephesians 2, like you're God's handiwork. You're his masterpiece, creating Christ Jesus before the world even began. Like <laughs> before you ever came on the scene, he had he had a plan designed for you to be his masterpiece. And all of that, if you read it in the context of God has created me to be me. So I don't have to try to be John. I, you know, for so much of my life, I looked at myself, man, I could never be him. I could never be that. I could never do that. Oh, if I could only be like that, then, you know, then maybe God would love me. Bull crap. God already loves me. Why am I comparing myself to somebody God never designed me to be? Right. It just, it just, it's lunacy. It doesn't make any sense. And yet, our entire world is is made up that way, right? Like if you look yeah. at what's coming at us all the time is you should be like this, you should think like this, you should do all this. And, and you know, I, I even wrote about, and it's just funny, right? Like there's, here's what I love about what you put out there, Damien, is there's always another level of thought. There's always a deeper place to go. So I even wrote in my book and talk about here on the podcast that we each are uniquely and divinely created for purpose. So I'm even talking about that God wants us to be, right? But even say divinely created for purpose, I'm really implying that you're to do something instead of yeah. he created, who does God want us to be? I, I just, there's so much depth to me, for me, 
and in, in in that question because then you do die to self because there's a bigger there's a bigger idea yeah. which I don't think is is really put forth in in just our way of being um to to grasp that concept yeah you know what I mean the church wants you to be something the you know what I mean the the wor- the world wants you to be something but right who does he want me to be and and if I can really discover what that is then i can put these other things aside because of the of, of finding that purpose yeah exactly the your purpose just flows out of identity it's like right. once you realize and this is this is probably the big one of the biggest takeaways i've um had since this you know being in, on this side of the journey and by the way like i'm got no means by no means have this mastered right like if anything, it's, it's a lifelong it's a, thing, right? I mean, it's a little harder. Yeah, actually, because yeah. like, oh, crap. Now I know who I am. Now I got to really act like it. I can't <laughs> I can't fake it till I make right. it, you know. Um, But there was a sense of. um, uh, How to say it like. I, I, I always wanted to I always felt like I was performing. Mm hmm. Like I have to, I have to appear sharp. You know, I got to, I got to have a good, good comeback. You know, I've got to, I've got to be man's man. I got to know all the, use all the tools. I got to have all the tools. I got to, I got to know how all the, have all the answers. I'm like, I've got to be the answer guy, you know, like just all these things that, that you get in life. And, and like all that pretty much now has gone away. Like, I really don't care what people think about me. I honestly don't like, I, not that I want to be a, a jerk, you know, on purpose, like, you know, on, in public, but, but I, I'm not worried about people's opinion of me. And it is just so absolutely freeing. Um, I don't need anything from anybody where I found I did before like relationships. It was always kind of a quid pro quo kind of piece, you know, what can I get from this, from this relationship? How can I impress John so that, you know, he'll, he'll get follow me or recommend, you know, whatever. Like there was always this undercurrent of performance and sort of reputation stuff. And that pretty much has gone away. Like I just don't even think about that anymore. My my now my whole orientation is like, man, how can I make everybody else's life better? My my when 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 God brings somebody across my path, my my first orientation is, okay, is this somebody God wants me to serve? And if if so, how how can I how can I serve? Not because I'm getting extra points from it, but it's just I just see it's part of my purpose now. My purpose flows out of my identity. And if I can't do it, I'll I'll be the first to tell you like and not lose any sleep over it. I'll try to find somebody else that can meet that need. But but it's just so freeing. It's just it's very simple. It's 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 actually a little harder in terms of level of effort and focus and um probably mostly focus like not getting distracted, you know, cuz there's so many distractions that we have. But it's so simple. Like, it's just very clear. Life is very, very clear. You know, it's, I had a conversation, it was a past podcast episode, and and he talked, his name is Jared, and Jared talked about how authenticity really does equal freedom. Yeah. 
right? And you, you just talked about the same thing, yeah. right? When we when we stop trying to be what everybody else wants us to be and do what everybody else wants us to do. And I have recognized for my own self, and it really became something, Damien, for me last year that I'm now living in this year to get constantly better at is um, I don't want to be regulated by everybody else's emotions and how it affects, right? Like, yeah, what, it, what, what, um, where they are emotionally doesn't mean that it, it, it's not how they feel about me or the, like everybody's navigating their own place. Now, how do I show up with empathy, care, right? I mean, my wife and I just got into it. Like she literally, you know, it's, it's the man woman thing, right? I don't know if you experienced this with your wife, but you know, she was like, I, I have I no idea what you're talking about. It doesn't matter about. if I'm right or wrong. I just want you to have heard me. You know, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so much depth to that alone um, that I keep yeah. failing at. Um, but I was caught up in that moment in how she felt about me, which she even pointed out it's selfish. And it really is because what we're doing is we're so busy, preoccupied with how other people feel about who we are, that we're not even paying attention to what he needs from us right? right or wants us to be or, or even present to that. And when you do, I love what you said. It is this freedom. like. I'm, I have matured enough to a point where like, if you don't like me, then, you know, I'm, I'm approaching mid fifties. There's certain things that, that definitely now I can grow, but if you don't like John, you know what I mean? Like that's between you and you. Yeah. You know, I think that there are, there are moments of that. I'm, I'm very present to, um, I love movies and I love, uh, we just watched an incredible one called All the Light um, That You Cannot See. Have you seen that yet? I've I've seen I've seen it show up on on uh, Netflix, but I yeah, it's magnificent. It it really just I, I loved mm -hmm. it. But um, the Chosen comes to mind because there's that that scene where Nicodemus meets Jesus, and then he mm -hmm. makes the choice not to go when who knows who he could have been if he did go. You know, yeah. And I thought that was just portrayed so beautifully, the the conflict in him. I love that scene. That's one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that scene was when they meet, that scene was why I started watching that show. It just I, I wept when he realized who he was really talking to. Yeah. But I wasn't prepared for the one when he could have met him and gone and didn't. Right. <laughs> that wrecked me. His yeah, emotion I, I, in that. I look forward to the the end of the story where you know, from the Bible, we know that Nicodemus does, you know, finally make the turn. And right. I'm I'm really curious to see how they're going to portray yeah. that. Yeah, it's really phenomenally done. So. Um, so where has with the, you, you published a book in July, where, where where has it taken you? What kind of journey has it taken you on? Uh, you know, as a fellow author, I know that can be interesting. Um, but what doors have opened up and what have you learned through it? Um, I have learned, um, writing is the fun part. <laughs> Promotion is the hard yeah, part. Marketing is a whole other different thing. You bet. <laughs> you bet. Um, well, you know what? Let, let's, let's pause there because that is really important, right? Because yeah. we all like, oh, I wish I could write a book or I could do this. So it doesn't matter. I think you'd agree. You could put out the, an, an, an incredible piece of content, right? Song, book, whatever. Everything comes down to marketing. Yeah, it does. If nobody knows it's there, like, you know, it's just not, it's not going to, 
it's not going to change anybody's life. Right. So, right. so yeah, that's, and I'm, I frankly have never been much of a self promoter. So that's always been odd for me. Um, but one, just because I believe in the content makes it easy to talk about it. Right. And, and, and I think in an odd way, I'm what I hope, you know, one, I, I don't, I don't really care. It's God's book is my view. So, you know, I'm going to do my part to open the doors and try to walk through them. You know, or if he, if he opens the door, I'm going to try to walk through them. But, um, but it's, it's, just, I believe in it. I'm passionate about it. I've seen it change lives. I'm also do, I do coaching as well. Business coaching is sort of my co-vocation along with ministry and, and writing. And so a lot of this content has come out of coaching conversations. And I mm. like, like I don't have to convince you that it's valid, you know, or convince right. anyone that's valid. I got people that for decades that I know whose lives have been changed because of these concepts and, and, and they're never going back. Like not, not just, wow, that was really cool. Like their life has been transformed because of it, um, including, you know, you know, my own. So it's easy to talk about. It's just finding the, finding the, the right, people to talk about in the volume. That's the, that's the challenging part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, um, it's a good read. I'm, I'm probably over 75% through. I think I got maybe mm. like 50 pages left. So, um, I highly recommend it to people and, um, it really, um, it gets you, it gets you to, to certainly think, um, mm. uh, I've highlighted a bunch of things, uh, in there, but again, the thing that stopped me was, was, and that's at the beginning of the book, which shows you the level of content that you deliver in there mm -hmm. um, all, all the way through. And I, and I love how you you progress, um, you progress through it. So I highly recommend it for people. Great. Well, I appreciate that. It means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. It means a lot. So what time is uh, Kenya tomorrow? What time are you leaving? Man, I tried to check in. Like, something had, they, They're not checking me in, so I got to show up at the airport at 6 in the morning. Wow. And how long is the flight? Uh, I think it's 13 hours. Woof. I go I go to JFK from I'm in Tampa, so Tampa to JFK and then JFK to to Nairobi is a 13 hour flight. Amazing. Amazing. And you'll be out there for how long? Uh, a week. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing um, what comes of that for sure. Yeah. Sure. So Damien, you are you're also you're a speaker, you're a coach, you're an author. Um, I, I put up here, uh, let me put it up for our audience. Um, if I'm right, that's how people can find you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so go to damiengurk.com and, um, what's, you know, like when people are searching, like who should be connecting with you? What's who you, who, you know? Yeah. You I appreciate you saying that. Like, um, I really, in my coaching, I really have a passion for leadership. In fact, I'm the next book I've already started working on the outline is uh, a leadership version of are you who you want to be? So are you the leader you want to be? Love it. Um, and it's going to be, it's not, this book has a lot of Jesus in it, you know, I, probably as you can guess. This next one is is going to be a general marketplace book and faith is going to be a, a theme through the book, but it's not going to be a, you know, overtly, you know, Christian book. It's for a general audience. But the the application of identity in the context of leadership is just fundamentally huge and it's 
it's a complete blind spot from from my perspective, not just in terms of, you know, even even the way Christians in the Christian context that we think about leadership, but certainly in, in the world and just promoting the idea of servant leadership and, and what Jesus did and how he just how Jesus mo- modeled what leadership is. And and that's where true influence comes from seeing yourself having the identity of a servant. And when we think even I've done this so many, I've had this experience so many times in Christian circles, talking to pastors about the idea of servant leadership. I had one guy that I know really good friend and a really good guy and a, and a true servant. And he said, yeah, I need to, I need to show up and mop some floors and clean some toilets. And I like, dude, you know, um, I think it's a little, I think it's a little backwards from that. It's not about the leader showing up to serve. It's about the servant showing up to lead. And, um, all over the place in the gospels, you see when Jesus talked about influence and, and, and leading, you know, he, and he even modeled it, you know, washing the disciples feet, right? He said, I'm, you call me Lord and savior. And that's true. That's, that's who I am. But here I've washed your feet like you'll be blessed if you go do this. And and it sounds so degrading. It sounds like oxymoron to, you know, to 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 see yourself. If I'm the leader of a company, if I'm the leader of my home, if you know, if you if you call yourself that that sort of hierarchically, that means I'm at the top of the pyramid. Like, no, man, you're at the bottom. Of, if you want to yeah, be you, are. If you really want to have influence, put yourself at the bottom. That's right. And lead yep. from there. And and we are so positionally tied to authority and influence that it's it's just bass backwards. We just we don't we don't even get the concept of servant leadership. And you're missing the whole boat um, in terms of the your the true influence you can have when you serve, when you see yourself as a servant, when it's not about you, it's about making everybody else better. The best leaders are the ones that make everybody else better, not the ones who get their team to function and and perform at the highest level, which is hard in and of itself. <laughs> well, you just you just said it perfectly. I mean, it, from that perspective, right? I got to go mop some floors and clean some toilets. That is a leader who's thinking he's got to do something to, to be a better leader versus um, a servant leader just is. You're a servant, period. Period. And, right? you're, and you're, the service you provide beat. is your yeah. leadership. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's really powerful. Really well. We're looking forward to that. Um, I appreciate you coming on today, um, mm. especially before a major trip like that. So thank you. I know time is a very precious commodity, so we really appreciate it. Well, it's a privilege, John. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Man Up Already podcast. We really do appreciate it. And I want to ask you to do a couple of things. Number one, subscribe to the podcast, whatever platform you're listening or viewing on, subscribe to the podcast, right? Help us, right? Continue to grow by joining the community and also rate the podcast, rate the episode, right? Whatever platform you're on, you could leave a rating. Let us know your comments. Let us know your thoughts. If you can do that, we really do want your feedback. You could head on over to manupalready.com and check out our website. All the podcast episodes are on there as well. 
but also join our community. Sign up on our emailing list. We're going to get content out to you. There's also a free resource there for you when you do that. Um, and pass it on. Pass on the podcast. Let people know right what we're up to, what we're about. Speak about it. If, you, if you're a podcast enthusiast, please share episodes. Tell people about what it is that we do. Uh, what we do here and what you like about it and and what you don't like about it. And that's that's okay as well, right? It's just getting the word out. And then finally, I want to thank um, a, a great sponsor of our podcast, Master Beef Jerky. Their, their uh, slogan is bold flavor, tender bite. If you head on over to masterbeefjerky.com, they've got incredible flavors there. But if you put in the coupon code MUAP, you will get 20% off your order. I highly recommend you check them out. Master Beef Jerky, Bold Flavor, Tender Bite, and a great, great sponsor of the podcast. Until next time, thanks so much for being here, and we'll talk to you soon.